This is True Compassion, a Christian podcast examining homelessness and its community and how the Christian church can help. Good day, everyone, and God bless you. I'm your host, Pastor Eric Leidick, and this is True Compassion. Today, we're going to hear from Rob and Tracy. They're an unmarried couple experiencing homelessness together. And as you'll hear, what they're facing is no simple journey. The challenges of homelessness are significant and even more so for a couple experiencing homelessness together. Grab yourself a cup of hot tea or coffee and sit down and listen to the story of Rob and Tracy. They've chosen to share it with you for a reason. All right, let's get into it. Here's Rob and Tracy. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much, you guys, for for agreeing to share your story with us. Thank you so much for helping us. Yes. I know that you're going through a real difficult situation, and you're still working on, um, you know, uh, coming up with solutions to get back on your feet again. Um, But you guys have a, um, a particular challenge, which is is somewhat unique you're you're a couple you're struggling in homelessness together okay let's step back shelters that take couples are rare for the most part non-existent in fact if you google homeless couple shelters in new jersey the results are clear they can't be found homeless couples can find family support if they're married but if they're not married they might be a couple but they're not treated as a family The nearest shelter that will take unmarried couples is 33 miles away from Trenton in Philadelphia, PA. And they only have room for five couples, and the waiting list is long. But that won't help homeless couples in Mercer County or in any county in New Jersey, as benefits for those struggling in homelessness are dispersed by the county in the county of your last residence. If you are a married couple without children, for the most part, you're treated like an unmarried couple or two single individuals for housing. But for income benefits, you're treated like a married couple. SSI gives a max amount for a single person of about $750 a month, and as a married couple, that amount increases to just about $1,200 a month. That's $300 less than an unmarried couple. If you have children, you'll receive a credit for about $375 per child. Now, these numbers help to keep homelessness among families with children in check for the most part. We do find homeless families on the street, and there are many organizations to assist with homeless families with children. If a couple struggling in homelessness, married or unmarried, decides to seek help at the rescue mission, they're treated as single adults. They must separate in the evening and sleep on separate floors. Now, if an unmarried couple has children, the rescue mission is not an option. They don't allow children, which obviously takes a significant resource off the table. But there is good news. The mother and the children will get accelerated treatment, but the father, he must either head to the rescue mission or remain on the street. The bottom line is, the lack of shelter for couples, particularly couples without children, means more people stay on the streets. We hear it all the time. I'm not leaving my mate. I won't come in without them. There are more couples on the street than more people realize. On the street, being a couple provides strength, encouragement, protection, and ultimately helps in their survival chances. The comfort that a relationship provides on the street is not measurable, and the bonds are very strong. They're sometimes foxhole relationships. Now, maybe that's a term you've not heard before. Foxhole relationships are built between two people with like goals, like survival. They're suffering through the most difficult circumstances. The bonds are deep and strong because they have the struggle in common. 
But the relationship is based on trauma and often doesn't live long after the event isn't there anymore. In fact, the partners start to remind each other of the trauma experienced and often separate after the hard time has passed. But for some, true relationships were there before the trial started, and they'll be there after it ends. Breaking up a homeless couple is unthinkable, but it is what the system requires, because the help isn't there for those that found partner and are walking together in the struggle. For a homeless couple, hearing a suggestion to separate from a social services worker isn't a surprise, and they hear it all the time, and it only strengthens their resolve to remain together. That suggestion to walk alone places the social services system in the do not trust category, and it furthers the feeling of hopelessness in these couples. The suggestion is made, and the results are refusal, of course, and a deeper hurt and insecurity in the hearts of those two homeless individuals that are trying so hard to improve their lives. This is a common challenge for homeless couples, and this is what Tracy and Rob are talking about. All right, let's step back in. And that opens up a doorway for all sorts of new challenges and different challenges, right? So um, let's let's talk about it. And both of your opinions are important, okay? So, um, uh, Robert, I'll ask you first. Okay. Um, so how did how did this start? How did how did your journey in homelessness begin? My negligence, really, and my being kind to people, and just me, just not caring. I guess, like, not not me not caring, me just not being responsible. Mm-hmm. Okay, can you can you go into some detail? Yeah, um, we had moved into this house in Bristol in 2017. Me, my Tracy, and my mom, and we got moved in there in the, December, and my mom ended up dying the following April. So the landlord was like, um. She was a real nice lady, like she didn't, we went to her, she already had the house running. But I told her our story, what was going on, my, my mom, God, we were living, like kicked my mom on the curb on her deathbed. And she told the people, okay, we're moving them in, she moved us in and all this. And my mom died and she was like, listen, I don't want to kick you out. These are good people. The way you took care of your mom was, I wish my son even cared about me that much, a little bit like you did your mom. So she worked with us, worked with us and then um, I relapsed. I was clean for five years, and then I ended up relapsing. Um, my family, I guess, alienated me, I guess. Like, when my mom died, like, the body, they took the body out, and they all left within 15 minutes, knowing I was a re- an addict in recovery. Mm-hmm. And with nobody around, what am I going to do? I'm going to run when I'm used to, go numb my pain. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. Like, it was like the devil won because I never saw a dealer out there, never been approached. As soon as my mom died, somebody came up and was like, you want some crack? And I'm like, yo, this is the devil. And I'm like, no, I don't want it. So I went in the house, he came and knocked on the door half an hour later and the devil won. Like I just gave into it. And then, so I was just a weekend warrior. Like I was like, okay, I'll just do it once. And then it was on the weekend when I have off and then it started to get bad. And then I met, uh, I was lonely. I was just trying to fill the void of my mom being gone. So I was sit. There was a guy that would come to my job. He would sit outside on the bench or whatever. So he had came in. He was homeless. So I was like, "Oh, you want to come? Do you can come take a shower. You come eat and sit at the house for the night." Well, he ended up. I should have known it was not good because he ended up stopped looking for my job. And then he came to our house and just never left and never paid a dime. He just freeloaded off touch the whole five years he was there. Mm-hmm. So then he was like, um, "Listen." 
like, this is my fault, I can't blame nobody, but this is my fault. He was like, um, instead of smoking crack, you can spend so much money. Let me introduce your son. He take this ice, and then it was, he introduced me, that I didn't, never, never knew was meth. Mm -hmm. So then he got me smoking meth, and then it was like, if I didn't have it, he would fight with me, abuse me, like, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. So then I just got on that, and then I just started neglecting everything. Mm -hmm. And then poor Tracy was going to work all the time, busting her butt, leaving at 8 o'clock in the morning, not coming home until 11, 11 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I alienated her because I felt like, oh, you put quick check over me when my mom died, knowing that she was the breadwinner. She was the one bringing the bread home right there because I was my job put me out on, um, I guess, a leave because they knew my mom died. Like, so they were like, take as much time off as you need. Mm -hmm. So I just, uh, I guess, took Tracy for granted. Like, okay, she could go to work and like, uh, I'll just sit here and blow the money and whatever. And I and I would pay the bills sometime, but then everybody was like, oh, you don't have to pay. Then COVID hit. So she had moved, like, the other guy, backtrack, my landlord had um, subleased to her maintenance man when my mom died. She was like, I'm going to move him in to cover part of the rent. Mm -hmm. So this way, I was like, well, I don't want nothing to do with it. He pays you. Like, I don't want none of the money. Only thing he has to do is give me money towards Pico every month, mm -hmm. which was $40 a month, which was nothing. So she wrote, agreed to that, and then the other guy moved in, my, the one from ShopRite. She wrote him a letter saying that he could stay there. He never paid none. He did work for her, and just, it just turned out to be horrible. Like, she ended up hating him, and he destroyed her house, and then me and him were fighting all, it was just, it was a hell, hell of a livable situation. So then, um, I was working at ShopRite, I was there three years, and then, I just, I got fired for something stupid, which I, I didn't do. My, I left my wallet in my aunt's car. She took me, I worked from midnight to eight. She took me to work, I left my wallet in there. I was supposed to take the bus to the doctors. So she called me and was like, your wallet's in the car, I'm gonna bring it back. Hmm. So I asked my manager, can I run outside to grab my wallet? And she was like, yeah, don't be long. So I ran out, grabbed the wallet, literally walked back in the door. When I get in the door, security stopped me and said, um, you're stealing time. I'm like, I have permission. The new deli manager was like, I didn't give him permission. So they got me for stealing time. Mm. So I had agreed to um, sign up off saying that it was lack of work. So I could collect unemployment. Mm. So I did that. And then I just got complacent of just being home all the time. And they was just crazy. Like, my life just went down. Like, he, it was more and more of just being depressed. Like, it all stemmed back to, like, <coughs> I guess my mom dying, my cousin dying. Like, 2018 was horrible. And you fell into a pit. Yes, I just fell into like a I pit. just couldn't. I fell and I couldn't get up. Okay. Like I was, I was trying to dig, but it was the quicksand dragging me down deeper and deeper and deeper. And here was the the person I I turned like neglected to trade for. I thought he was my friend, but here he's secretly like helping me get knocked down lower and lower and lower. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Tracy, so in that time, what were you seeing? I was losing my best friend. Yeah. It was. It's hard to see him going down with with the situation and everything. Me going to work every day, coming home and hearing, "Oh, this is not done. That's not done." Okay, it's understandable. I gotta do what I gotta do. I catch a train and a bus just to get to work every day. Literally. Mm -hmm. What time? I leave about eight o'clock in the morning. Don't get home until about. Maybe 11, 12 o'clock at night mm -hmm. because of the transportation. 
and I was worried about him being home by himself and not coming to the house and it was just crazy. <laughs> it's just a crazy situation. Yeah. So you could tell that he was mm -hmm. falling into depression mm -hmm. and the drug use was getting worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when when did you guys lose the house? Five years after, well, April 11, 2022. So it went on, like, it went on for, like, the landlord was, I can't, like I say, it's her fault, but it's not her fault. Like, she, she had to live, too. Like, she let us go as much, like, she let us go, yeah. basically, five years without paying. We didn't, I never paid the whole $1,200 rent, like, myself. Hmm. Like, I don't know what they paid, but I know, like, I never put all the money out to the landlord, like, I put what I could, she said, make what you can. I guess I took advantage, not advantage, I just took it for granted that, like, oh, like, your mom, like, she wouldn't, she wasn't gonna do nothing. Mm. But then she lied to us, well, I got her $24,000 from the Barrett program for back rent, and then she got another 4000 something for me, so I'm like, okay, me and Tracy are covered, like, that should cover us for at least another year, because mm -hmm. all that money, because there's no way we were $24,000 behind. Right. And she was like, oh, well, she was like, I'm going to check, I'm going to get him out. She was like, and then I, we'll get a new roommate. Like, I'm doing this file for eviction for him. And not, and then she ended up putting us all on there, telling them that she served me the paper. When she didn't, she came in and slid under the guy's door. My name wasn't even on it. But it was all because the guy that, that got, that I let myself get addicted to another drug. Mm -hmm. Like, she didn't like him. Like, nobody really did because he was he, just evil. And he destroyed her house. He was just, he was just evil. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you lost the house, right? You're still working. Tracy, right? Mm -hmm. Not yet. No, she was out on okay. the health leave. Oh, yeah. you were, right, because you had surgery? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so you had cancer. and then, Breast cancer, yes, sir. Yeah, and then you had surgery, and then you were in recovery. Mm -hmm. Then you lost the house. Yeah, wow. And she had a stroke before we, way before we left the house. Wow. Okay. So, when you lost the house, were you homeless at that point? Were you were you able to get another place to stay? Uh, I've been homeless, like, literally, not without a home, but, like, my soul. I, I haven't been in my body, like, myself since the drug. Like, I changed. So, mm -hmm. I've been homeless for a while now. Yeah. Yeah, you've been hurting. Yeah, so yeah. Like, like I've been missing, I've been homeless. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I can see. I can see how much that hurts. So, you guys are still homeless, right? You're still looking for work, right? Um, tell me about your work experience, Robert. So. I started working when I was 16. I started at McDonald's like every, well, first the paper out, mm -hmm. but my first paid job was like McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Stayed there until I was 17 and a half. Went to Quick Check, worked there for three years. I was working like literally 80 hours a week. I would just stay there. Was like mm -hmm. I would stay, stay, stay. Until the guy, I would work 80 hours and my check be only 40. I'm like, he was just not paying me all. So I called the labor board on him mm -hmm. and got my money, but they fired me because I called the labor board. Mm -hmm. So then after that, I went to um, Edwards. Well, I taught myself how to cut lunch meat at Quick Check because nobody was there and you weren't, like somebody wanted to hook you. So I'm like, you're a customer. I went over and placed lunch meat and mm -hmm. did it myself. So I taught myself how to be a deli worker. Mm -hmm. So after that, I just started working in delis all my life. Mm. Okay. 
And how about you, Tracy? What's your work experience? I worked um, on a salad bar. I worked in a deli. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For how long? <laughs> I worked um, for Ark Mercer for about a few years. I did the little delis in there. Mm-hmm. Because I, I have a disability. Mm-hmm. And... Mark Mercer put me up in um, Mraz's um, thrift way. I was there for almost, what, 17, almost 18 years there. Wow. Well, faithful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> faithful. You like that job, I guess, huh? Well, yeah. Even with Quick Check, she was there eight years and missed one day, like two days, maybe call out. Like, and it wasn't. I hardly call out. She goes to work and. Yeah. yeah. Well, good for you. She, yeah. Going to work faithfully. Hmm. So this moment of homelessness that you're experiencing now, how long has that been? Since April, but we stayed at different motels. Like we would put up, like when I was, I got a job at Love's and she was still getting her little disability. So we were just making it meet at, sorry, at Love's. I mean, at the Red Roof, mm-hmm. it was $702 a week. So we were doing that, like, I basically weaned myself off the drug because it was like all the money I wanted to make sure she ate, like I would make sure she would eat and the dogs would eat and have a place to sleep. But, like my money went all to that. Mm-hmm. Like, we so, were... so between hotels, right? Yeah. I mean, you technically had a place to stay, but you didn't yeah. have a home, yeah. right? So yeah. how, how long? Since April, about April, May, June, July, August, six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's horrible. Tracy, what does it feel like to be homeless? Scary. Especially being a woman, it's more dangerous out there for to be safe, to see what's wrong what's the word I'm thinking of? Um tell how you feel. It's scary because I just got assaulted too for no apparent reason. What happened? A guy just randomly hit me upside the face with a metal pipe. For oh no my gosh. Mm-hmm. It, he broke my eye socket, basically. <laughs> oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And then having all these guys looking at you like, oh, can I take you out? Are you a prostitute? Are you this, that, and the other? I'm not that type of person. I never was and I never will be. Mm. And now I got that feeling like I'm dirty. Basically, that's how I'm feeling. I'm thrown to the wolves. Basically, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no chance of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, 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 I get that. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, that hurts when people treat you like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then everybody's turning their back on you, and it's just like. Mm. Just recently, my dad and my brother, they just turned their back on me. Mm. Why? Of, Why do you think? Because of, of me being homeless. No, it's because of me. Mm. No, because of me. No, being... It's because of me, you know, I'm telling you being homeless and then apparently they think I keep going to the house using them for the money and this and that 
Mm-hmm. But it's just, I feel, I don't want to say garbage. I want to say a lost soul. I understand. Very, very lost soul right now. Well, let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me tell you how much the Lord loves you. All right. He sees you. He knows what you're going through. Right. And he, he loves you. Always cling to that. Always cling to that. And we care about you too. Yeah. And how about you? So how's mm-hmm. how does it feel to be homeless, Robert? Degrading. I had somebody throw nickels at me, said go pick them up your bum. I was urinated on. I mean it's humbling in a way. It humbled me a lot. Sure. It really humbled me because I used to be like I used to be I guess ignorant, like, oh, it can't happen. I thought it could happen to me. I guess it was one of them stories. That'll never be me. But like, I used to be like, no, you can't stay here. Like, this ain't a flop house. Like, the people that I felt like they were just taking advantage of us just to come there and use it to, to sleep and shower. And I'd be, I used to be like, no, you can't stay. It ain't my fault. And then I had people like sneaking in, stealing food, like at the house, because the other guy that lived there would let people in and out. Like, I wouldn't care if they were there to eat. Just let me, don't try to make me look crazy and tell me there's nobody in the house, nobody sneaking in when I know what I just bought from the store and and hear people moving in the house. Like, I know, like, don't try to lie to me. Mm-hmm. So I used to be like, no, nobody's coming here. But it humbled me a lot because now, like, I took, don't take nothing for granted. You can lose everything in a drop of time. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter who you are, you can just, it, it could be gone tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. It's true. And it caused, like, it's worse because it hurts me to say to worry about her out there. She don't deserve this. Hmm. Well, neither of you deserve this. This is, this is a hard thing. This is a hard thing. Yeah. It's okay to cry. It's all right. God loves you. He loves you, Robert. And he sees you. So let me let me ask you just a couple more things. You guys good to good, keep going? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what are some of the experiences that you guys have had as a couple, reaching out to social services? All right. What are the, some of the things that you've been told? Give it to your dogs. Yeah. Right. So you have two you have two dogs that you take care of. Yeah. Right, and they're very important to you. Yeah. The only thing keeping me going. Yeah. Yeah. And all right, so they told you to get rid of your dogs. Yeah, like they're not. They're not. They, she, they said they're not family. They're not family. They can't worry about pleasing animals. Yeah. So I told the lady, "Well, give it to your kids. Like, mm-hmm. like see how it feels. Like that's like somebody telling you to give it to your kids. Like they're my. Like I'm thinking my. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they they don't understand. Yeah. So tell me, tell me what else you've been told. We can't help you. Just go to the mission. Everything's yeah. the mission. Like, and, and I'm like, I, at first I felt like shunned because the one when we were in Burlington when they put us up at the um, with the breast cancer place, um, the one lady kept saying, "I'll call you back. I'll call you back," and she was really that. So I was like, "Watch this." I changed my voice and I called. I'm like, "Yo, hi, my name's Tyrone." I started talking like a black guy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "I just shot up the block. I just got out of prison." She was like, "Oh, we got a, we can place you at a hotel." And I'm like, and I changed my voice. I'm like, "Really, lady? You just told me you couldn't help nobody. You have no funds." She was like, uh, and she hung up and blocked my. Like they would never answer the call again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I called her right after, like with the prejudice thing, and she was like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, "There's a lot of prejudice." Like it's just weird. It just feels yeah. like nobody wants to. Like I mean, okay, I did. It is 
ninety percent my fault, like for letting not paying the landlord and everything. Not just me, but the other people. But like people say, oh, you're you're trying to beat the system. How are we trying to beat this? I'm just trying to survive. Like, make sure I'm not trying to rob no money from the system. Like if people ask, are you on welfare? Yes, I get this. Like, I'm honest with everybody. Like I tell them the whole. Like and they're saying, no, oh, you're going from um, Bristol here. Well, what do you want us to do? We can we go to train train station. The cop, the transit cops look like you're a scumbag. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got a shopping cart. You can't come in here. You're making the place look trashy. But you got drug addicts laying on the floor, banging their head, talking about. But that's not trashy. Mm-hmm. Like, and then he was like, oh, you got to get out of here. You got the dogs. Okay, there's a lady with a German Shepherd over there. What's the difference of my little two little dogs and that big dog? Like mm-hmm. it's just like we're getting. I don't know. It's, and then people throwing money at you. A bar of soap. We were out in the pouring rain that night. It downpoured by McDonald's. Somebody threw a bar of soap and said, "Here, go take a bath, you bum." Like I'm like, like it's degrading. Like people just don't know your story and they just look at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very sad. The um, and I'm sorry that you're going through this. The um, it's hard. How how has your faith helped you? Honestly. I had lost my faith, like, mm-hmm. and, like, like, I lost everybody that meant something to me or cared about. Like, it was just like, boom, boom, it's like one after another they kept going. Mm-hmm. And it keeps happening, and I wonder, well, I'm like, damn, they were well, good people. Here I am, a junkie, yeah, this, like, why can't it be me? Why can't it be me? Like, well, at, let me, let me ask again, let me ask, like, so, your relationship with God? I used to have a good one. Okay. So, yeah, I understand that. You you know, you go through hard times. Sometimes you feel like, where where are you, God? Right? Where are you? Right? You still believe? I believe. Yeah, I believe. But it's like I believe that karma. Like it's not even karma. I believe that I'm like this is my rock. This, I I hit rock bottom before, but this is the lowest. I'm in like mm-hmm. the valley right now. I'm like in the valley of death right now. Mm-hmm. Like and. It's like he's he's trying to make me realize something. Like yeah, like he's trying to put make me open, like teach me something. I know it's my mom. Like guys, like mom, she's up there like get back. Oh sorry, he's like he's like it's sorry. I didn't mean, but I can hear her right now. Get on track. Like what are you doing? Yeah. Like and again, I know they're trying to teach. Like their son, I had to learn in this journey. Mm-hmm. Like, like their son. Like, so you still have a faith. You still believe, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm just. I guess why, like everybody, why, why, like why'd you take them? Why wasn't it me? Like why'd it have to be this person? Like mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, you you stick with us. We're gonna help. We're gonna help you figure some of that stuff out. Right? Like it's horrible with being homeless and having your mom's earn what you're worried about. Where you can sit, like somebody stealing yourself. Like because since we've been homeless, we just lost our storage unit without like not like her grandma's stuff in it. Like we, that's gone. Mm-hmm. Like it's just crazy. Like my mom's earned like. I heard dads, and I don't even know if it's still there because they don't like me. Like I, they, I know that they think everybody thinks I hit her. Like, and I wasn't even there when she got hit with the plate, but I was at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I understand. I mean, you, you know, you're going through something that is tremendously difficult. It's just you know? crazy how when you help people, like the people, like you do things not to expect nothing in return, but like when it's when it's something like this, like you, like yeah. you can't even answer the phone and like, like just get, I don't care about me. I'm a man. Like I, I do. Like she has to eat. Like she has to be safe. Like the dog. Like me, just give her a burger. You don't even have to give her money. Just give her something to eat. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 don't worry about me. Like just make sure she's okay. The mm-hmm. dog's okay. So then tell I me. worry about him to eat too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. 
Yeah. Well, you guys care about each other, and that's that's like really if, important. Because like our relationship, like strange, because we're always bickering and fighting because it's just crazy. A lot of yeah. So you've been told um, by the social services folks that you guys should separate. You should go your own ways. Mm-hmm. You should, Robert. You were told that you should Don't go go into the mission and let her just be do her. Basically, yeah. like let her be a straggler because we're not married and she's older. She's an older woman. I'm trying, and I'm like, listen, no offense. She has, she is goal, like, she's gullible. She's very gullible. Like, no, not in a bad way. Like, she don't see the bad in people. Like, she, mm-hmm. like, not like the gullible ain't the like, she don't like to believe the bad. Like, no matter what, I'm like, Tracy, I tell her we are mm-hmm. here. I'm like, listen, this, I, I, like, I'm, a, I was on the streets. I'm a drug addict. Like, I see, I know, like, I can read, predict, like, see it. I can see it. And no, 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 and then boom, and then I'm like, told you. But then she'll believe everybody, and then people use her just to get to me, like to get like. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, trade now, now, like, and it's just crazy because like, she don't do, like she give anybody anything. Like I'm like I'm, I can I put on an act like I act like I'm just hard, like big person that don't care. Like I'm. I'm I'm really not like I just I've been hurt so much like I've been backstabbed yeah. so much like I see it like mm-hmm. you know the the social services system is not really set up to help couples so you've been encouraged by many people to go alone go it alone right yeah. and Robert you won't leave Tracy yeah yeah I'll yeah. make it work somehow yeah it's yeah. almost inconceivable to to wonder why you go to an organization for help and one of the things they say is that you guys should separate you know, worry about it yourselves that you've lost so much in life and yet there's no recognition of that but it's almost like they want you to lose the last the last relationship you can really trust right on this earth and that's that's a horrible thing you know um, and you know the reason they do that is because the system's not set up to handle couples and what they want to do is get you into the system right it's not about the people right it's about your problem and that's that's what makes this so sad right mm-hmm. because they start to treat you like a number and a set of problems yep. and they don't see you as a couple that that depend upon each other right and then I, I got an attitude problem, and not attitude, but like, I don't like being, like, felt like, I know, like, how do I put it, like, I don't have a filter, like, that's a, that's a big problem in my life. Well, you're also not yourself, right? Yeah. The reality is that you're, you're sitting in a place where you're, you're desperate for help, right? I'm and, not used to this, like, mm-hmm. I'm used to, And you're I'm, frustrated and sad, and that, mm-hmm. you know, when we're frustrated and sad, we don't, we don't normally you know, act um, with a short fuse, right? You know. My mom's turning in her in her urn. <laughs> it's, it's all right. So. What, what do you want life to look like? What do you really want? Peaceful. Yes. I want to be at peace with myself. I don't want to wake up and eat myself every day. Hmm. How about you? Same. 
I want to feel my, like myself again. Yeah. yeah I, I want to be my if, bubbly self again. Me too. I'm smiling, not feel mm -hmm. my hatred. And being scared every day and not knowing who or what is going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you, um, we're going to do everything that we can to help you guys. Robert, what's something that's that people need to know? In regards to just what it feels like to be homeless or what it feels like to struggle in homelessness. What do, what do people need to know? That's like, well, people need to know it too, right? Not even just homeless, like, even just because somebody's a drug addict. Like, we have feelings too. Yeah. Just Yeah. And half the time, we but we do. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm Go ahead. Yeah, you don't mean the shit you say. Like, I never allow nobody. I'm not that kind of bro. Like, it just, we were used to having somebody to reach out to and they turn it back on you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so just because you're, you're homeless and you've suffered an addiction doesn't mean that you don't have a heart. But I don't, I still need people, it's the people I depended on. I might not have showed, I might not have showed it, but I did appreciate it. And I'm the kind of person that don't like to ask for help, and like let people know how I feel. Like I try to bottle it all up, but mm -hmm. I got like what I got in the last 45 years. Okay. What about you, Tracy? Tracy, what's something that you would tell a woman um, about being a woman on the street in Trenton? Just watch yourself. It's so hard to say because I'm the type that's quiet and I keep to myself. Hope to tell you. Just make sure you get to where you have to go. Make sure you have support team with you because, as you see right now, my support team just got up and left. I've been trying to turn to God the past couple days, and I feel like He's mad at me right now. I haven't really been there for anybody, should be. Like I said, you need a support team. You really need somebody you could call and say, hey, I need to talk to you. But not where they say, oh, sorry, I can't. Especially for a woman. Being out on the street, they had the persona, am I right? How mm -hmm. The persona of you're a whore, you're a slut, you could be out there selling your body for money. Never. I let you do that. Ever. 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 That's the one thing I never did. Mm -hmm. And I'm scared that's never how not. people think I am right now. Mm -hmm. And for being a woman, it's harder because you don't know where you're gonna get a shower at. You don't know where you're gonna sleep at. Mm -hmm. You don't know who's who. Yeah. And yeah. it's just 
scariest sin yeah. out there. I'm sure every time you're alone, you know, it's a frightening, a frightening mm. thing. It That's is. why I got fired because I didn't want to leave her alone. Yeah, yeah, mm. I understand that. I understand that. Yeah, it's hard for you to go out and get a job knowing that Tracy could be alone. You know how it felt when she when I got that call. So I, and they said that she got smacked in the face with a pipe. Mm. You know, I was, I almost got arrested. They had me like the cop when I got to the hospital. He was like, "Do you really care what you were saying?" I was like, "Not really." But if I, if I that's all I have to say to get to Tracy. Yeah, I do. They won't let me know who this guy. Like, what kind of man? He just walks up to a woman and smacks her in the face with a metal pipe. What kind of man are you? Yeah. Like, pick on somebody that's gonna fight back. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> we got goals, right? Mm-hmm. We got goals to to lean more on God, right? Mm-hmm. God can sustain you, right? He can be everything that you need, right? And He'll help you. Right? The more you turn to God, the more you dedicate your day to the Lord, the more that He'll respond. God loves you. He sees you. He knows what you're going through, right? And you're you're walking with a good organization that cares about you, that wants to see you guys be successful. And Robert, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. You know, following up on phone calls and things yeah. like that. You're doing a good job. You know. That's why I'm glad I got him right now because. Since I since I've been sick with all my illnesses and everything, and I've been, I'm I've been lacking in what I'm supposed to be. He's over there pushing me. Well, both of you look at me for a second. When you fall into a hole, it it can be depressing. And listen, that's not an uncommon feeling. All right, and it's okay to be sad. Listen, I I really appreciate you guys sharing your story. I know it's hard. Look, God loves you. Okay loves you remember that and we're going to keep working together and we're going to keep working on solutions all right all right cool trauma can take on many forms and can be triggered by a variety of events a natural disaster a major motorcycle accident or car accident a physical assault financial collapse loss of a parent loss of a child loss of a close friend and more When an individual experiences trauma, they often feel alone in their grief, emotionally isolated from even their closest friends or family members, including their partner. When a couple experiences the same traumatic events together, that's called shared trauma. The emotional ramifications can be even more complicated. As individuals, they may feel too emotionally drained to offer comfort or support to one another. They may also feel isolated and different from others, including their own partner. Moving forward together in healing relies on a steadfast commitment to each other and to the relationship itself. And doing all of that while homeless, well, it seems hopeless, especially with the unique trials that homeless couples face. Rob and Tracy have suffered individually and together in life and are now trying to survive a new, deeper level of trauma together, homelessness. You can bet they feel the world is against them, and love and trust are hard to provide and hard to find. Their trials remind me of Psalm 25. Here are the first five verses. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. 
Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantingly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. God is faithful, and each day we can choose to surrender to God's love, battle the trials in our lives as best we can, and ultimately rest in God's grace and compassion. Trials cannot be ignored, but are something to turn over to God and actively engage with. We are invited to approach God boldly and pour out our hearts to Him. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 reminds us that we have a great high priest that understands our trials. It says this, Since then, we do have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every aspect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We are assured that nothing can separate us from his love. Romans 8.35 reminds us, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? God can restore all that we lost. He can and will lead us to peace. In the end, God can even use the worst situations for his glory. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, we also our comfort abounds through Christ. That's 2 Corinthians 1, 3-5. Rob and Tracy are in the midst of their trial, but they are leaning on God for strength and guidance, and can be assured that Jesus will not leave them or forsake them. Please continue to pray for them. Now, if you'd like updates on any of the folks that we've introduced you to in this podcast series, please feel free to email us at outreach at restoringhearts.org and we'll be glad to provide you with an update. This brings us to a close for this podcast episode. Thank you for listening to Rob and Tracy's story. They wanted you to hear it and understand it so that you might experience true compassion for the homeless in your area. God bless you, and thank you again for listening. This is True Compassion. Again, thank you for your time and for listening. This is True Compassion. God bless you. True Compassion is an RHM production.